Hey, turn in your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 2. And of course, this year our theme is wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. And uh, we are going through the book of Luke, looking at Jesus and the way he interacted with people, really, the way he was with people, the way he was with Father, the way he interacted through, because it's pretty hard for us to be like Jesus if we don't actually know what he was like. And uh, the place to go to find out what he was like is the Gospels. And so the, the book of Luke really emphasizes, uh, the, the four Gospels emphasize different parts of Jesus' character, really. And the book of Luke emphasizes a little more than the others, his humanity. And uh, he was fully human, fully God. We are fully human. We can learn. And that's where it stops for you, okay? You are fully human, the end. No God. You are fully human. And uh, the human experience... The full human experience is to walk with God and to walk closely with God and walk empowered by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus knew this and he understood this. And uh, so we can learn a lot from his life. It's really early days in our series. We're in Luke chapter 2 and I'm reading from verse 41. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all people. Jesus' purpose is very, very clear. Jesus' purpose is to do the will of the father wasn't it? Right through scripture. He said it again and again. My will is not my will. It's to do the will of the, the Father. John 6.38 says, For I have come down from heaven. This is Jesus speaking. I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not my own will. And this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day For it is my Father's will that all who see the Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. That was Jesus' purpose. This scripture, in verse 49 particularly, is the first words that we actually hear Jesus say. This is the first written account of words that Jesus spoke. So I look at them and I go, they've actually... It's a fairly simple sentence, but why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I, was, I must be in my father's house? 
at face value, it's very simple, but there's got to be more to it. For them to record these words of Jesus at the age 12, it's the first words he spoke, there's got to be significance in that sentence. But why did you need to search, he said. And that is a question, of course, which led to a revelation of his identity. It is a significant passage. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Why do you need to search my father? Why do you need to search for me? Surely you would understand that I would be with my father. I would be in my father's house because his purpose was to do the will of the father. Yet his mother and father, through their natural eyes, his earthly dad, through their natural eyes, still didn't understand really who he was. Isn't it amazing? You've got the Son of God growing up in your house, probably parting the, the, the porridge. That one's for Pastor Ray. I feel it's going to be a long year for me. I've got a whole year before I've got to think of 50 Ray. Parting the porridge, and you still haven't worked out who he is, really. You've had an immaculate conception, and still really the, the truth and the weight of this who this child is hasn't yet really dropped in your spirit. And it says she stored these things up in her heart. Mary must have lived with an incredible sense of wonder. So Jesus' will, his purpose is to do, uh, Jesus' purpose is to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father really is quite clear. One, it was to display truth. And two, it is the redemption of mankind, of humankind. It's twofold. It's to display truth. Jesus always displayed truth. But he was here for the redemption of humankind. And even at 12, everything for Jesus flowed from the sense of revelation of why he was here. That's amazing. If you're here today, and probably not so much in this gathering, but if you're here and you're 12 or under or 13 or 14, please don't limit what God can do in you and through you. Jesus was aware of his purpose. He was aware of his mission, even at 12, and he was fully submitted to what God wanted to do in, the Father wanted to do in and through him. And the same is true for us. If we can be aware of how the Father wants to use our lives from a young age and absolutely give ourselves to that purpose, it would be awesome. So I've got three thoughts this morning for you. Here's the first one. Did you not know? Did you not know, Jesus said to them, why are you searching for me? Did you not know? Jesus was, it, it feels when you read it like he was surprised that his parents were searching everywhere. I think he would have sat there scratching his head, I can't believe that you've taken three days to find me, that you were searching everywhere except the obvious place to find me, which be in the temple with my father. Where do you find Jesus? You find him with the Father. If you're looking this morning, where do you find Jesus? You find him with the Father. That's where he is because Jesus is all about the Father. The English translation's not so good. In all the translations, actually, it says, uh, uh, didn't you know that I must be in my Father's house? Other translations say, did you not know I must be about my Father's business? Other ones say, did you know, know I must be about my father's affairs? But the Greek translation just simply says, 
Do you, did you not know that I must be about my father? The word patia. The, the English puts the other words around it to bring some context to it. But the Greek, Jesus simply said, why are you looking everywhere? Surely you knew that I must be about my father. My father's what? My father's everything. I must be about my father. John 8.31 says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. If you, sorry, you are truly my disciple if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you Free. Jesus was all about truth. He was all about people. It's the truth of Jesus and who he is that will set us free. I love this. It's packed here. You are truly my disciples if you remain. We've had that before, haven't we, John 15? If you remain faithful to my teachings. Apparently, I upset a few people a few weeks ago, which is most unlike me can't believe I upset anyone. Apparently I was talking about giving and, um, and, and I said, and I said, you can't be a disciple of Christ and not tithe. And apparently that upset a few people. So I'll say it again. You can't be a disciple of Christ and not tithe. You can be a believer and not tithe, but you can't be a disciple of Christ and not tithe because his teachings are tithing. Anyway, I just felt like upsetting a few people again. <laughs> Shouldn't tell me when you're upset. It's like bait for a fish. Especially if I'm speaking truth. If I'm not speaking truth, I don't care. If I'm teaching truth and I upset you, that's okay. That's what I'm here for. So Jesus' purpose today hasn't changed from then. He's still about the Father. He's still about the Father's purpose. But where is he? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And what's he doing? He's interceding. He's praying on behalf of us all. So he's in the Father's presence, and he's about truth, and he's about people. It hasn't changed from when he was 12 years old. Essentially, he's doing the same thing, just in a different place. Romans 8.34 says, Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and he is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand pleading or interceding for us. I love that. What Jesus was doing at the age of 12, he's doing now at the age of 2000 and something. Well, that's not true, is it? He's eternal. But what he was doing at 12... He's still doing, doing on our behalf, pleading to the Father on our behalf. Here's my second thought. I must be. Jesus said, didn't you know that I must be in fathers or in father? I must be. He was purposed is what I want you to get from that statement. He didn't just do it haphazardly. It was like, what shall I do? I know I'll run away from mum and dad and hang out at the temple for three days. It wasn't that. Because it wasn't disobedience, and the, the scripture states that as it goes on. It wasn't disobedience. He spoke to his parents, Mary hid it in her heart, and then it makes a, very, a clear point there of saying they returned to Nazareth and Jesus was obedient to his parents. 
wasn't disobedience. It was about a higher calling. It was about the, the call and the purposes of God. So Jesus was and he is intentionally purposed about the Father. He's intentionally purposed about the Father's affairs, the Father's business, the Father's house. And he did whatever needed to do because his purpose was high. Whenever, wherever, be like Jesus, Jesus knew and he lived his purpose. He knew it. Which brings me to the question, do you know your purpose? Do you know your purpose for life? Are you living your purpose for life? I was in a, um, I was in a conference once, quite a few years ago now, and uh, the preacher was preaching up a storm, and he said, you must know your purpose in God. You must know your giftings that God has given you so that you can walk in the purpose and the giftings. And by the time he finished, I felt absolutely dreadful. I was like, I'm doing my best to find my purpose in God. I'm doing my best to discover my giftings in God. And to be honest with you, I've got some clues, but not very many. I'm kind of walking down the road the best I can toward him. And I just felt like I was a bit beat up at the end of it. But like when I talk about tithing for some of you. And... I'm smiling, don't panic. And, and, and I just felt a bit beat up. And so I went down and talked to him afterwards. And I said, he said, how are you? And I said, good. I said, but I'm not very happy. I said, I am trying to discover God's purpose for my life. I am trying to discover the gifts that he's given me so that I can walk in those and walk with purpose and walk with intention. I said, I'm just discovering it. And you're saying I should know them. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. He said, that'll take you a lifetime to work that out. I said, oh, why didn't you say that? Because that would have really helped. So can I say that this morning? It'll take you a lifetime to fully discover the purposes of God and walk them out. My prayer is that you know something more about them this week than you did last week. Because as we journey toward him, things become clearer and clearer and clearer. But if you're on the path of discovery, which we all are, don't beat yourself up for it. Just live with intention and purpose to discover, to find out why you're on the planet, to find out how he's gifted you and embrace the revelation that you have to this point to walk as Jesus did with intention and with purpose. And then keep walking. Which brings me to the second question. Are we intentionally living about Father? Are we intentionally living about Father? If we're not intentional, if Father God is not our priority, if we're not intentionally living purposed towards him, he will never be our priority. You cannot have God as your priority if we're not intentioned and not walking with intention and purpose toward him. He will be the tack on on the side. Oh, that's right. I'm a Christian. I should. How about when life's happening, we go to him first? How about when we're searching for answers, for purpose, for reason? 
we go to Him first? How about we live with intention and purpose by going to Him first? Easier said than done. But why don't we purpose ourselves to make Him the first stop? Third thought, and He grew. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus knew, sorry, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Whether Jesus knew it or purposed it or not, his life showed the result of knowing who his identity was in and living a life of intention and purpose, and he grew in wisdom, stature, and favor. Identity plus intention equals growth and wisdom. Identity plus intention equals growth in stature. Now, when you read that, I think he was a 12-year-old boy. He was about to do the growth spurt. Of course, he was growing. But it just makes sense, doesn't he? He ate like there was no tomorrow, and he grew. That's what 12-year-old boys do. But, but when I read that scripture, the picture I see of Jesus is not a Jesus like often teenagers are with a real sense of a, a lack of identity, walking with their heads down. And, but I see Jesus in stature, standing up straight. Good posture because he knew who he was, because he was, knew where his identity came from and he was living with intention and purpose. And I can just see him standing up straight, not arrogantly, but standing up like I know who I am, I know why I'm here, and I'm doing it. And then thirdly, in identity plus intention equals growth in favour. He grew in favour with God and with people. He didn't grow in favour with all people, did he? Because as we read through the Gospels, people didn't like him, some people. Normally the religious ones. And most of all, the religious teachers didn't like him because he challenged their status quo. He challenged everything about them. But he grew in favor with God. And he grew in favor with... I like this because the love of God is fully unconditional, isn't it? You, you, you cannot be loved more by God than he loves you now. doesn't matter what you do how you behave, doesn't matter whether you are walking toward him or walking away from him. Actually, the love of God is the love of God. He doesn't just love, he is love. And he loves you. You cannot impress him to love you more. You can't disappoint him to love you less. But his favor can grow. God's favor toward you. Favor is different to love. But his favor toward you can grow. Identity was the key for Jesus. Everything flowed out of his identity and security in the Father. And the same is true for us today. I wonder if the band could come. It would be great, thanks. Everything flows out of our identity and where our identity comes from. New Zealand, we ended up ministering to this surprisingly last Sunday night, but... but New Zealand is in the middle of an identity crisis. New Zealanders are in the middle of an identity crisis. 
We have the highest suicide rate, teenage suicide rate. We've got epidemic of people um, trapped in cycles of, of drugs and abuse. We've got uh, um, very, very high rates of mental illness. We've got a gender crisis. And my simple explanation is that as a country, as people, we're looking in all the wrong places for our identity. See, when I'm feeling really good about myself, if my identity is in me and who I am and who I think I am, on a good day, that might be marginally okay. But on a bad day, when I realise that I'm broken, when I realise that I haven't got it all together, actually that could be a good day because that could be the very day that pushes you to Jesus. But on the day when I realise I'm broken, on the day that I realise I haven't got it all together, the day that I realise I'm one decision away from making stupid decisions and everything else, and I start to look in here to find my identity, I'll come up with the first thing that makes me feel good. So if I want to put on a dress tomorrow morning from Jan's side of the wardrobe, because it makes me feel good, that's probably too graphic for some of you. The truth is my identity comes from Christ. My identity is who the Father says I am, not how I feel, not how I look, not how anything else. It's the Father says, hey, you're mine. Hey, I love you. Hey, I've got a purpose for you. Hey, your life isn't just, you're not just mysteriously floating through. I actually chose that out of all eternity, past, present, future, you would be alive now in this place to do the things that I've asked you and no one else to do. Did you know I quite often am overwhelmed when I go to places, I'm going to India this week. And it's very easy in the chaos of somewhere like India to walk and just, and you just go into this place in your head where you go, oh my Lord, this is hopeless. This is hopeless. This, this is just so chaotic and out there. How on earth are any of these people going to find you? And one day the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, Sheridan, if just everybody did their bit, if everybody lived according to their purpose, problem solved. I thought, wow, that's amazing. Problem solved. He has a purpose for you. Your life is of great meaning, of great value. You're not here mysteriously. Oh, but you don't understand. You don't understand. I don't know who my dad is. I am kind of him. No, no. You may not know who your earthly father is, but your heavenly father's purpose that you're here. Your heavenly father loves you, knows you, has purposed you, and really is saying, come on, guys, can you live with some intention according to my purposes? You see, I know that I'm a child of God. It doesn't mean I never have a bad day, by the way. I know that I'm a child of God. I know I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. I know I'm crucified with Christ. I'm dead with Christ. I'm buried with Christ. I'm risen with Christ. I know that I'm forgiven. I know that I'm washed. I know that I'm saved by grace 
through faith. I know that I'm justified, that I'm born again, that I'm sanctified. I know I'm a new creature. I know I'm His workmanship. I know I'm a partaker of His divine grace. I know that I'm pure and that I'm holy, that I'm a saint, that I'm in His hands. I know that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, that I'm a sheep and He's my shepherd. I know that I'm led by the Spirit of God. I know that I'm a son of God. I know that I'm kept safe wherever I go. I know I'm getting all my needs met in Jesus. I know I'm stronger in the Lord and I'm strong in His power of His might. I know I'm doing all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know that I am His beloved and He is mine. I know that I'm acknowledging all things in Him and through Him. I know that I'm heir to the blessing of Abraham. I know that I'm blessed when I come and when I go. I know that I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings. I know that I'm growing in Christ Jesus in all things every day. I know by a stripes I am healed. I know that I'm prosperous. I know that I'm reigning in life through Christ, receiving the power to get wealth through Christ. I know that I'm above principalities and powers, exercising the authority over the enemy. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm possessing by my confession. I'm establishing God's word here on earth. I'm an overcomer by the word of my testimony. I'm daily overcoming the devil. I'm walking by faith and not by sight, calling all things into existence. By faith, bringing the body into subjection. I'm casting down vain imaginations, bringing every thought into captivity. I'm a laborer together with God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm complete in Christ. In the body of Christ, rooted and grounded in love, I'm an imitator of Jesus. I am the light of the world. And so are you. And I missed a whole lot out. So are you. But if our identity's not rooted there, you'll fall for anything. For anything. Come on, church. Come on. You and I are purposed for great things. We are told to build on the solid rock in Matthew chapter 7. Obey the teachings of God and do it. You're building on a solid foundation that when the storms come, and they will come, will not knock you flat. You'll stand, you'll stand firm. Because our identity is in the one who created us. if we could only own this if we could own this and if we could live from our true identity purpose would flow purpose will flow because the place to find identity and the place to find purpose is in the Father it's in the Father